studying for two weeks in a row on Wednesday night, um, being prepared, being prepared to be used by God. And, and specifically, we are uh, preparing some things uh, in the spirit for our healing school that's coming. We don't know exactly when we're going to start, but we just know we are going to start it and we're going to do it. Um, and so the exact date we're not sure of. We, it's, we believe it's supposed to be on Wednesday mornings at 1030. And so... Um, uh, and, and that won't be that far in the future, but the Lord directed us to get prepared, to get prepared for healing school and to get prepared for other things, get prepared for the glory, get prepared for the rain, get prepared for harvest. And, um, uh, you know, I, won't, I, I thought today, I thought, you know, um, I don't want the Lord Jesus to ever have to say, well, I would have come and I would have done, but they weren't prepared. So, you know, you may think, well, what are we talking about this for? But at least we can say we're prepared. Amen? And some of it is things that you know and things that will be just review for us in many ways. But I believe we'll get new stuff, too, out of what we talk about tonight on being prepared. Um, just to get us thinking about healing, I was thinking about this scripture in Matthew chapter 8. And it says, um, Matthew 8, verse 2 and 3. And I'll just read it here. It says, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That's one of my favorite healing scriptures. And let me read it to you for some other translations that are very good. A leper came up and bowed low in front of him. Sir, he said, if you want to, you can cure me. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, of course I want to be cured. And his leprosy was cured at once. That's the Jerusalem translation. The Phillips translation, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus said, of course I want to be clean. In the Woos translation, and this is my most favorite of all, Jesus said, I am desiring it from all my heart. Be cleansed at once. And that's how he feels about every person and their healing family. He's desiring it with all his heart. So if you are desiring to be healed or you are desiring for someone that you know or in your family to be healed, I want to tell you tonight that Jesus desires it more. Amen. And he is not withholding. Amen. And like Miss Gloria Copeland says, if you have been believing God for healing for quite some time and you hadn't got it all yet or hadn't got it yet, you just don't know enough yet. It's not God withholding. And, he, and He's not waiting on anything except, you know, just our belief system has to line up. Amen. Our belief system has to line up with the Word of God. Amen. And sometimes we might think it is, but it's not. Because if healing hadn't manifest, it's not. And so that'll be the advantage of having healing school because we can study healing on a weekly basis instead of just, you know, a few times a year. So on a weekly basis, we'll be able to study healing. Amen. We'll be able, uh, people that uh, need to can be able to get tapes, and I assume we'll tape it. And so um, uh, getting ready, getting prepared, and getting prepared to be used by God. Now, something really interesting happened to me this week. I was coming from the mall to the office, and I was sitting at a light. And I looked over in the car next to me, and there was a lady in the car next to me. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, um, or I didn't hear him say, but I heard, I, the thought came to me. I'll say that better. The thought came to me, tell her she'll live and not die. And so I'm sitting there thinking, her window's up, my window's up. I'm thinking, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and the light changes. And so we all take off. And I said, uh, to myself, I said, 
that would be so awesome for word of knowledge, word of wisdom to begin to be activated like that out there in the... And he said, it is activated. Start acting on it. And he wasn't just talking about for me. He said, it is activated. Start acting on it. And then he said this to me. He said, healing in the streets. I want you to write that down and meditate on it this week. Healing in the streets. I thought about that and I thought, well, healing in the streets. And then I thought, well, boy, that's nothing new. Jesus had healing in the streets. He didn't take everybody to the synagogue and, you know, have a service in order to get them healed. He had healing in the streets. Amen. And so God had told me that this week that is activated. Go ahead and act on it. So I believe we ought to expect to have word of knowledge and word of wisdom in the marketplace. Now, that was kind of interesting because this kind of went along with it. The very same day, Pamela, I said, Pamela, I'm hungry for Taco Casa. I can't get anybody to go meet me there at 1 o'clock. And so... We went to Taco Casa, and when we were leaving, this tall, good-looking black man came up to us, the three of us, and he said, whose black car is that out there? And I said, well, it's mine. And, and he said, uh, he said uh, oh, I like that. That's pretty. I want, that's what I want for my wife. And uh, she was, his wife was there. And I said, uh, he said, what model is it? And I said, uh, I don't know. I said, he said, 2000 or 2001? I said, I think 2001. I said, and I just kind of came back at him. I said, why? You want to buy it? And he said, do you want to sell it? And I said, uh, oh, I don't know. And I just laughed. And, you know, he went on and sat down. And then I kind of glanced over there and him and his wife were praying. I thought, well, they're Christians. I do not know what possessed me. I mean, it's just like I did this without thinking. I just went over to their table, bent down in front of them and said, I saw you praying. I noticed you were Christians. I said, uh, I said, I'll tell you how I got that car. I was praying one day, and the Lord said, believe me for Alexis. And I said, I didn't even want one, and God told me to believe him for it. And I said, you'll get yours. And he was like, oh, yeah, good, praise God, you know, or something. And so I came outside of the Taco Casa, and Pamela said, why didn't you invite him to church? I said, well, uh, go, go in and invite him. She said, do you want me to? I said, I don't care. And <laughs> so she went back in Taco Casa and asked this guy, Who are y'all? What did you say? Tell me, tell him exactly what you said. <laughs> I just asked him where they went to church and he said uh, Don't say where he said. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> you, want me, you want me to say what she said at the end? <laughs> no, she said she, she said, um, she said, um, I'll say what I said. Uh, <laughs> She said, uh, where do you go to church? And they told her. And he, she said, well, that was my pastor, one of my pastors. And her and her husband pastor out here four miles past Walmart, Word of Life Church. We, y'all come sometime. And they said, okay. And, uh, and, uh, and so when she came outside, she said, they go to church at. And I said, they need to get a life. That's what I, I just was kidding. I was really kidding. Well, but they need more. In other words, they need more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So I'm expecting this guy. I mean, like, this was Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. I don't walk up to people and talk to them at their tables. I mean, you may think I'm bold here, but I'm not so bold out in public. I mean, it's got to be God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? You'll invite anybody to church? Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you inviting any and everybody to church? Not everybody's saying amen. Now you have an assignment. 
Hallelujah. So, getting prepared to be used by God. Hallelujah. The first thing about that we need to do to make sure that we're doing it, if we're going to be used by God, if you're ever going to be used by God, you have to get focused. That's the number one. That's, I mean, these are not in any order of importance. They're in, it's number one on the list that I made. Um, You've got to get focused. You've got to get focused on the kingdom, and you've got to stay focused once and for all. You know, one of the things, I think the devil is always constantly trying to break our focus. I think he's constantly working to try to break people's focus. I've seen him do it more than, uh, I've seen him kill people, literally, in people's family. To, you know, somebody gets turned on to God, and they're really going, the devil will throw a wrench in their job, or he'll kill somebody in their family. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious here. I, I mean, I have literally see, seen that happen just to get them unfocused, just to get them where they're dealing with things and get them totally off track and get them uh, healed up. Uh, anytime anybody gets real committed in the church, I've seen him try to move people. I've seen him try to do anything to keep them from going on and growing in the Word of God. He tries to break focus. Turn to I, I talked to the Lord about this, and the scripture that came up in my heart was Mark four, nineteen, and this is a familiar scripture, but and it talks about. Um, that when we get the Word of God sown in our hearts, and this happens, uh, to all to all of us, it says um, in, it says in verse 14, I, I want to start there, "The sower soweth the word." And then it says, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately to, tr to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Or to try to take it away. Now the people that are on the wayside like this, he can take it away. But he, he tries to take the word out of our hearts. And that's why he tries to get us unfocused. Because if he can get us unfocused, he can take the word out of our heart and it will not bear fruit. It will not come to completion. It will not, it will not produce a harvest. And it's supposed to produce a harvest. The words you hear tonight, you're supposed to take it, act on it, and then it'll produce a harvest. The words you hear Sunday morning, you're supposed to take it, act on it, and it will always produce a harvest. When the word is acted on, it will always produce a harvest. But the devil does He tries to... He tries to discourage people. He does all sorts of little things trying to get people off focus. Look at verse 19. This is one that we see a lot. And it says, And these are they, verse 18, which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word. These people hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Well, I have noticed, and it seems to me, that people are more distracted than they have ever been. And so I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, why are people more distracted than they've ever been? And I think you can look around the church and see that people are more distracted than they've ever been. And he said, one of the reasons is because the cares of this world are increasing. There's more cares out in the world than there has ever been. And so there's more cares to get you unfocused. Amen. And then also, uh, the, one of the things that gets people unfocused is the deceitfulness of riches. In other words, they begin to chase after wealth or money 
or even chasing after just getting their bills paid. Instead of trusting God and continuing with their focus, they begin to have a there's the it begin, they begin to be deceived. Well, if I just work harder, I could get these bills paid. If I just took a second job, I could get these bills paid. If I just took some overtime, I could get these bills paid. God didn't ever intend for you to take overtime to get your bills paid. What He intended for you to do was to believe Him to get your bills paid. That's how you get your bills paid, is you believe God. You, how you get out of debt is you be, believe God and you give your way out. You sow seed. You don't give less, you give. You continually give, give, give. And you get out of debt by giving and believing. And that's how God intended for you to get free and how, you, how He intended for you to get your needs met. Amen. Now, He does intend for you to work. He doesn't intend for you to, oh, God, I'm just going to go sit and read a magazine all day and just believe God. No, we are supposed to work, but the deceitfulness of riches will tell us if you just work more, if you just do this, if you just did a little more, and if you just, you know, that's deceit, the deceitfulness of riches. The lusts of other things entering in. In other words, sometimes people get on a pursuit of having things. And even in the pursuit of having things, um, uh, you can have the care of things. You know, the more things you have, the more you have to take care of. And one of the things you need to pray, when you start believing God for things, and God wants us to have blessings, He says He's given us some, you know, in Timothy, He said, I give you all things richly to enjoy. But one of the things we need to consider is, do I have time and do I want to spend the time that it's going to take to, uh, to, to facilitate this thing? Yeah? I mean, I think it's like when we first moved to Alabama, everybody in Alabama was believing for a few little acres out in the country. Honey, are you sure you want a few little acres to mow? You know, you got, you got to think about what you're asking for and what the, you know, well, I just want a milk cow and a few little chickens. Do you know you have to get up every morning and milk that cow? Well, I just want a dog to take care of. Are you sure you want a dog? Did you know when you get a dog, I got one, let me tell you. And I believe God for, but that dog ties us down. We have to think, well, we think, well, we could run over to Birmingham and spend the night. We've thought of that before. Let's go over and spend the night at the Winfrey and go shopping in the Galleria. That, wouldn't that be fun? We've thought of it. You know why we've never done it? Because we've got to think about, okay, where can we take Jazzy? Well, maybe Eric could keep her, but we've got to drive 30 minutes over to his house. <laughs> why couldn't he have lived close? I think there's a, there was a plot behind it. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm telling you, now I'm not against dogs, but I'm just saying to everything that we believe for, we need to count the cost. And I've already told the Lord, I'm just telling you, now y'all may not feel this way, but I said, I've told the Lord, now we enjoyed her as a family. Now I'm fixing to get in bad trouble over here, so I'm going to stay right over here. But I, we enjoyed, and I've told the Lord, Eric's grown, Colin's grown, God, anytime, anytime on Jazzy, anytime. I'm saying, I, I mean, in any good little family. And, of course, now see, Eric's in a, he's mad at me already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm just saying. But you know what? It's time for Pastor and Miss Debbie to be free. But then I, the next day I think, oh, she's so cute. And she's so, and she's sweet. Yeah, okay. So, anyway. But, you know, all I'm saying here, now, boy, I tell you, 
We need praying Holy Ghost and get the anointing going again. <laughs> All I'm saying here is believe, beware of what you believe for. You know? You may fill your house. We want all pleasant and precious treasures in our house. But you know you got to dust them. You know? Well, I want all hardwood floors. Well, you know what you got to do with them. It's much easier to run a little vacuum cleaner. Uh, yeah, but you know. And sometimes we don't think about the consequences of what we're believing for. You know that, uh, that, that 6,000 square foot house? I don't want to clean it. I don't want five bathrooms to clean. Now, you may. And if you got five kids, I'd want five bathrooms probably. But you know what I'm saying? There's consequences, and we need, to, we need to pray these things out. And if we follow the Holy Ghost, you know, but see, God lets us have what we want, even when we don't want it. Two things since I have been here in Tuscaloosa, I've prayed for, and I got and I'm like, God, can you get rid of this thing? And it wasn't jazzy. I'm not talking about that. God, we got to be free of this. And, and you know, it's like, but if you just keep insisting on something before God and using your faith, he'll let you have it. Just like he did let Israel have their king. He let Israel have their king, even though it wasn't his will. That was not his best. And that's not what he, but he, and there's two things since we've been here. Now, I'm free of both of them now. And you know, sometimes I, and I scratch that itch, and I'm like, and I, I, I'm really glad. One of them, I'm saying, I was telling Pastor, he said, boy, that was never the will of God. I said, no, it was never the will of God, but if I hadn't done it, I'd still to this day be believing God for it. And as finally, he just let me get it out of the way, get it over with, get rid of it, and now I'm free. Now, I don't want it no more. Amen? So, we need to, first of all, be led by the Spirit in our desires. And we need to ask Him, God, is this good? Is this good for me to have this? Amen? Because sometimes we can just, these, 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 this, uh, the lust for other things can enter in and choke out the Word. Can enter in and choke out the time. You know, we can be so busy taking care of things that we don't have time for our family. That we don't have time, you know, uh, to, 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 you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, they say that we have more time-saving devices than they've ever had. Did you know they used to wash clothes on a washboard in a tub? But they say we have less available time than we've ever had, and we have more time-saving devices than we've ever had. Amen. So just get focused. We've got to get focused, and we've got to guard our focus. Amen. Um, <clears throat> the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me today because I went down, and, and I just I kind of said, I did. I said, Lord, I'm going to interview. I'm going to give you an interview on this. I'm going to interview you, Lord. What is your comment on this? And he said, if you try to have everything, you will have nothing. If you try to have everything in the natural... You know, you can't do everything, family. You can't do every sport. You can't do every craft that comes by. We need to, even in our, even in our enjoyment things, we need to focus. You've heard a jack of all trades and master of none. You've heard somebody... You know, if you try to do everything, you won't be very good at any of them. So we need to focus in those, in those things. Hallelujah. If you try to collect everything, your house will look like a junkyard. 
It will. I know some people like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you try to collect it, but, but a, a, a beautiful collection can be an awesome thing. Amen? So there's a focus. There's a focus that God wants us to have. And the focus for every person is different. Amen? We'll talk about that more later. Number two, the next thing you need to do is be available. God will never use you if you're not available to Him. God uses those that are available. Matthew twenty two fourteen. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Matthew twenty two fourteen, God uses those that are available. He's not into using the talented and the gifted as he much as he is the available. I have seen so many talented and gifted people in my 20-something years of pastoring that never got used of God because they just never got available to him. I've seen so many people that I knew were called. I think I got kind of a, a nose on me to know when somebody's got a call in the ministry. I have met some incredibly anointed and gifted people that just didn't make themselves available to God. You got to be available to Him if you want Him to use you. And um, twenty-two fourteen in the Amplified says, For many are called, invited, and summoned, but few are chosen. Many are called, invited, and summoned, but few are chosen. God calls a lot of people. If everybody in the earth that was called answered the call of God on their life, of course all the calls would be different, but if everybody answered the call of God on their life, I'm telling you it wouldn't be any problem getting the work of God done. Amen? But few are chosen. Few choose, really. Few become available, and so God never chooses them. God never chooses to use them because they're not available to Him. They don't, come, they don't come into church prepared. The way you dress, uh, did you know the way you come to church dressed depends on whether God will use you? If you don't come appropriately, He will not call on you for a word or a tongue or interpretation or to pray for somebody. You're not prepared. You didn't come appropriately. Amen? Hallelujah. It's important. Those kind of things. And so we, 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 be, we, become, we become available to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 9 and 59. I'm going to read that also in the Amplified. Glory. Hallelujah. We must be available to the Holy Ghost if, he, if you, we want Him to use us. We're going to have to be able for, for him to say, tell that woman in the car next door, and for us to, oh, no, not to say, I'm in too big a hurry. You know, if we tell God we're too big a hurry a couple of times, he won't, be, he won't come back till we repent. If we see it and repent and say, I'm sorry, Lord, that I wasn't available, then he'll forgive us and he'll, go, he'll try again. But if we turn him down over and over and over again then, and we're not available to him, he won't come back. It's the same with that little urging inside of you. When pastor says, does somebody have something here? And you have, it's a still small voice, family. It's not a loud clanging cymbal. He's not going to hit you bam, bam, bam. He's going to give you a little thought inside your heart. And then when you act on it, it's so amazing how it can be so little, but then when it's acted on, it's a big, big thing. It's such a little, little, it's just like a little soft thought. And then all of a sudden, you speak it out of your mouth, and it's a life-changing revelation. 
It becomes an anointed life-changing revelation and it imparts to the body of Christ. And the Bible teaches that it's not just supposed to be the pastor. It says when you come together, one will have a psalm, one will have a revelation, one will have a what? A scripture, I think it is, isn't it? Anyway, that, that when we come together, a song, maybe it's a song. I don't know what it is. Hallelujah. A psalm and a revelation. I know those two are in there. Anyway, when we come together, we're to have something, but we got to be available. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, <clears throat> he used it, let me read this in Luke 9, 59. It says... He, he's talking to this man, and, and he said to another person, he said to another man, Be, become my disciple, side with my party, and accompany me. Jesus said, come be my disciple and travel with me in the traveling ministry. That's what he said. That's our language. But he replied, the man replied, Lord, permit me first to go and bury. And this one, see, go and bury the dead, the go and bury my father. Go and bury my father. Permit me, Lord, to go bury my father. That's what it says in the King James. But in the Amplified, it says, Await the death of my father. He said, Lord, let me go bury my father. His daddy wasn't even dead yet. I mean, the way we read it in the King James, you think, well, you know, he's laying up there in a casket, and the, and the man says, let me, can I have the funeral service first, and then I'm right behind you, Lord? But that's not what he said. He's like, oh, you know, could you wait until my daddy dies? We're not to love our moms and our dads and our family more than we love God, and we're not to put our family above doing the will of God. We're, sometimes, we're called sometimes, family, to leave mom and dad. To leave them and to go places that, that mom and dad aren't there. Amen? We're called sometimes we have to leave behind brothers and sisters and houses and lands. And that's why Mark 10, 29 says that no man having left mothers and sisters and brothers and fathers and houses and lands for my sake and the gospel shall not receive a hundredfold in this life. In this life. And in the ages to come, eternal life. So he's not talking about, oh, if you leave houses and lands and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, I'll give you a hundredfold. You'll get a blessing when you get to heaven. No, he said a hundredfold in this life. Don't gripe at me about what house I live in. I left mothers and fathers and I've left houses. I can't tell you how many houses I've left. And I left a farm. I walked away from a farm. And the people that are farming there now are worth $6 million. That's their net worth. That's what my daddy, he's the banker in that town, he told us they're worth $6 million. So I left something I would be worth $6 million would be my net worth right now. I, that's what I left to follow the Lord. So I don't care if anybody likes it or not. I've already told the Lord, I'm getting my hundredfold return. Your word says it. You shouldn't have said it if you didn't mean it. And I'm having it. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And actually, that's how I got the house I'm in now, is I said, I want my hundredfold house. And uh, Linda, Linda Norris, Joe Morris, Linda Morris came to town and she with Joe one time, and she said, God's got a house for you. And I said, okay, I agree, and I just want you to tell the Lord, I don't want it three days before the rapture. I want to enjoy this thing. You know, hallelujah. Somebody said that the other night. I don't even remember who it was. Somebody believing for a husband. And they said, and I don't want him the day before the rapture. I want to enjoy this man. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> go to have the rapture and go up there and there's no marriage in heaven, you know. It's like, man, I only got him for a day. <laughs> hallelujah. I think I heard that through the grapevine, actually. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so we got to be available. Um, I, uh, okay, I, let's read the rest of this. Let me go and bury or await the death of my father. Verse 60. But Jesus said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. Now, he's like, okay, what does that mean? What it means is this. There's a whole bunch of things in this world that anybody can do them. You don't have to be saved to do them. You don't have to understand the scripture. You don't have to be filled with the spirit. You don't have to know how to pray. You don't have to know. There's a whole bunch of things in this world that anybody can do. Anybody can cook. You, it's not a You don't have to be saved to know how to cook. Anybody can take the Boy Scouts on a little hiking trip. Anybody can bake cookies for the bake sale. Anybody can. Bury the dead. See, a lot of times we're trying to do things for people that aren't going to change them one iota. That's why we've got to make sure we're led by the Spirit. Now, there's times God will have us do things for people that are lost and do things for situations. But, you know, the pastor and I have a little thing, and this is where we're trying to go in this church, where we only do the things we can do. And you know what? There are you're, Sometimes you're out there baking little cookies for the Girl Scout bake sale and you could be in here praying, changing the life, change, and you say, oh, I can't come to prayer tomorrow night because i got to bake cookies for the girls. Bless God. Here, here's my thought. And, 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 and let me get on them school fundraisers. You talk about a pet peeve. If they want a band, they ought to fund the band. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you how to handle it. And this is how we did it when our kids were in school. Ma'am, teacher, we love y'all. We bless you. Real nice, real sweet. We're not going to sell in your fundraiser. But here's a $50 donation for the fundraiser. They're not going to make $50. You can, you'll sell 100 items and they'll make $2 on each item. Let me tell you something. I know. I was a Christian school teacher. Unless you really know what you're doing, those companies make far more than that school ever makes on those little fundraisers. Your little $25 or $50 donation would save you many hours, much gas. You'll spend that much gas driving your little kid around town to sell, and the dead can bury the dead. Hallelujah. And I believe we ought to support and we ought to participate and we ought to, be, we ought to, we ought to always walk uprightly. But there are ways to get around and be led by the Holy Spirit so that you can give your focus and your attention to God and the kingdom and you can be available for Him to use you.
And if you spend, there's just so much time in this world. And if we spend it all on these little things that aren't going to count for anything. Because the truth is, you know, the truth is, there are people that are dying and going to hell. And we're saying, yeah, but it'd be good for my kid to play the flute. Give me strength. I played it. It didn't do nothing. And, you know, I think we should have activities for our children and we should, have, we should let them participate in things and let them develop the gifts in them. But we certainly should be led by the Spirit in what we participate in ourselves. Amen? And we should, let, we should be led by the Spirit and we shouldn't be afraid to say no to our kids. We were led by the Spirit for our children every summer. And one summer we just said, you know, and I don't even remember why, but it was like, this isn't the will of God this summer for us to play baseball. Now, we played baseball more summers than we didn't. I love baseball. Personally, I'm like, when can Carter play t-ball? I want to go watch Carter play t-ball. You know, I love that. But So I'm not against those things. I don't want you to think I am, but I am for being led by the Spirit. And one thing Pastor and I never did is we didn't break our focus. I mean, there was, we'd have revivals and we would get somebody else to take our kid to the little dribbler game and bring them to the church after it was over. Why? Because we've got to keep our focus. It's gonna, it, it, they, can, they can eat your lunch. Amen? And you've got to remember that you're letting people that are not saved set your agenda. And it used to be, oh, we don't do it on Sunday and Wednesday. Now they do it on every day. They practice, they do everything on every day. And it's not, it's not a matter of, the, oh, you better not do this on Sunday. No, it's a matter of focus. It's a matter of being available. I want you to notice here. Another said, also said, verse 61, I will follow you, Lord, and become your disciple and side with your party. But let me first say goodbye to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I want you to notice one thing about this scripture, that even when I gave all their excuses, Jesus didn't change his mind. Jesus didn't say, oh, sorry about that. I didn't know you had a father. Oh, sorry about that. Didn't know you had family that you really wanted to go and have a going away party with. Hallelujah. We need to get in perspective, don't we, family? Hallelujah. Did you hear me pray that you'd receive this in love? You're receiving it in love. Number three, be dependable. Be dependable to God and to spiritual things. i tell you, okay, inconsistency will never produce results. In the kingdom, inconsistency will not produce. In the world, inconsistency will not produce. Inconsistency will never produce. People who aren't faithful, listen to this, people who aren't faithful will never operate in faith. People who aren't faithful will never operate in faith. You know, we've been building a building back here. And... Uh, our plan was to, we're the contractors, pastor's the contractor, and he hires crews to come and do things. Well, uh, in believing God financially, we have kind of had to be creative in our thinking in that. And so he's hired some people. 
And then we've also had some work done up at our house. And we've hired some people lately from not anything specialized, just work. Just hard labor, just work. Let me say this right. And these, all of these people have big financial problems. They're broke to the bone. I mean, one of them we've actually been feeding out of our freezer too. Not only paying him to work for us, but feeding him out of the freezer, the angel food freezer, just the things that are left over. Because, like, no food in the house. And marriage problems. Uh, just problems. And, you know, people like that, they got a chip on their shoulder a lot of times. I just have had all the bad breaks I've had in life. All the ways people do me wrong. I, and, and everybody that's living in something nice, driving something nice, have just had a bunch of lucky breaks that I'd ever had. No, I told Pastor, I said, I know why they're in the shape they're in. They, gotta, they, they don't do what's right. They show up when they want to. They leave when they want to. They say they'll be there tomorrow. They're not there tomorrow. Amen. Amen. There is a reason, folks, they have the problems they have. There's a reason, folks, that we have the problems we have. And inconsistency will never pr produce results. I told pastor, I said, these people work like they go to church. Hit and miss. This one guy, he worked for us. And he worked Thursday. And he worked Friday. And boy, I think his check was nearly $200. Because his wife worked too. She worked with him. And, his, and you don't know who this is, so don't even think about it. You don't. You don't know him. I can't even think of his name. And, uh, and so pastor paid him on Friday night. And he's supposed to come back Saturday morning. Well, he just barely got the rent paid. And so we're going to lay out a day because, man, we got the pressure off. Instead of, well, let's get ahead a little bit. Let's work Saturday morning. Well, you know, and it rained a little that Saturday morning. And he's supposed to be there at 8.30. He's not there. But by 9, you know, it was all but over the rain. Did he ever show up that morning? No, he's tired, y'all. He's tired. But pastor had worked the same two days he had worked. Took every step he had took. And pastor worked that Saturday morning. And, uh, the, but the bad part is that one three days later till he called, we're out of food. We're out of food. We don't have nothing to eat in the house. It's like, well, if you'd have worked Saturday, it's like one plus one is two. If you had worked Saturday, you would have had some money. You could have gone to the grocery store. He called our house last Saturday afternoon, evening, late. Do you have anything I could come over there and do? I don't, there's no food in the house. Family, there's a reason people were, are where they're at. And there's a, and see, we think, we, we drive over and we drive down through the nice neighborhoods and we say, oh, they just had a bunch of lucky breaks. No, they worked their butt off. 
Now this is, this is what you call getting taken to the woodshed. I'm taking y'all to the woodshed. And I'm not saying, I know y'all are working hard. If you're not, listen. Now I know there's some people that inherited it. But you know what? If they're not hard workers, they won't have it long. They won't have it long. You'll, you'll look up one day and you'll go, where'd they go? They disappeared. No, we need to be consistent. We need to be dependable. And if we're not dependable in spiritual things, you know, we need to be able to depend on people to come to church. We need to be able to depend on people in the nursery. To de- you know, has anybody ever thought to change their plans in order to meet their commitment? And I know that there's some things that we can't. And I know that there's some things that... Did anybody ever think that Kevin changes plans to meet the commitment? That it doesn't just happen that he's here every Sunday morning? Amen. Now, everybody needs vacations. Everybody needs to get away. Everybody needs trips. And I'm past due. I hadn't had a vacation in two years. Y'all just get ready to be without us for an extended time. Because as soon as this building is finished, I'm out of here. I am out of here. I have been two years, I'm telling you. And I'm, it's gonna, we're going to hurt somebody if we don't get away. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm for vacations. And I'm, I'm no condemnation. I mean, you need to take off. You need to. But listen, you know, just anything nearly that you use your faith on, you can work it another way just so you can be dependable, be consistent. And there's blessings for that. Amen. Hallelujah. God told me this afternoon, I interviewed him on this one. He said, eliminate and elevate. If you'll eliminate some stuff, you'll elevate. Hallelujah. 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 I know a, a, a brother McDaniel, I think the last time we had a speaker, he was going on a trip. He is going to go camping. But he found out we was having a speaker, and he, he rearranged his schedule. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, number four. Ah, boy, I'll get off your toes on this one. we got to have an understanding of salvation and an understanding of healing. You're not ever going to have healing in your house if you don't understand how it works. Oh, you might get healed once. You might even get healed twice. Because God rings the dinner bell to draw you closer to Him, and so He'll heal you. But if you really want to maintain healing and health in your house, you're going to have to understand something. If you want to minister healing and God to use you to minister healing, you're going to have to understand it. And so you're going to have to study it in order to understand healing. Amen. And if you want to minister salvation to somebody, you're going to have to understand more than just, well, invite Jesus into your heart. Well, because somebody's going to ask you a question at some point. Amen. Some people want to know why. Well, why do I need to ask Jesus into my heart? Why do you need to? Does anybody know? Don't answer now. You know. But anyway, we're going to have to have some understanding. We're going to, anything you want to God to bless you in, you're going to have to have understanding in. 
If you want to bless marriage, you're going to have to understand some things about marriage. You're going to have to study some things. If you want to get along with people, you need to understand some things about people and, and study some things about how people act, react and why they react a certain way. Some people just try to plow through life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, if you'll have some understanding about people, you won't be offended by people. If you'll understand some things about their personality styles, and you can identify their personality styles, you can say, well, I don't understand why Wanda's that way. Well, I, because she's that way, because she, God, God formed her in such a way that she has, and, this, and you can just about predict which way Wanda's going to flow ahead of time just because you know her personality style. And you can just pretty much predict uh, which, you know, how Joe's going to flow because you understand their personality style. And you know you ought to understand, at least you ought to understand your husband and your kids. It's like, why does this kid act like this? Well, find out why he acts like that. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. So we need it. Second Peter one four. If you want to turn there, is my scripture for that. <clears throat> See, you're never going to get blessed beyond your understanding. Some people are blessed in prosperity because they have an understanding of what God did in the word of what he what Jesus paid and the price and what God has promised and they have some understanding and they've let they've fellowshiped with the Lord and they found out and so they've and they've acted on what they've learned and so they're and I like to listen to those people. Hallelujah, don't you? Don't you like to listen to people that, that they, man, they, I tell you what, they got some revelation where finances are concerned. Or you might need to listen to people who have some revelation where walking in divine health is concerned. I like to listen to people like that. And you know, I'm just constantly amazed at how we go at, people go and consult with people who don't have it together. Hallelujah. Glory. Second Peter um, 1.4 and why would we ask the world? Why would we go and ask the world? Now, sometimes we, like, if I wanted to know, well, okay, what's the law in Alabama about this? I'd go and ask a lawyer. But I wouldn't go ask a, a lawyer or an accountant. I wouldn't go ask them anything about the Word of God and how to prosper. And they'll steer you so far wrong. And they won't give you God's counsel. But now you can ask them, well, now what does the law say? Do I have to pay income tax on this? Now you can get information from them. But godly counsel, and so many people, they go and they say, well, to a lawyer, well, what should I do about this? Hallelujah. Second, for Second Peter 1, 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. All the divine blessings come through the exceeding great and precious promises. All the divine blessings come through the Word of God. So you're never going to have anything divine and, and the, the blessing of God if you don't know about it and if you don't know what the Word of God says on it. So you, you'll never... Uh, you, there's churches that'll never have healing in them because they don't teach on healing. 
or they don't understand, they don't teach it right. They teach it like heavenly bingo. Well, let's pray and see. Let's pray if it be God's will. Or let's, let's, uh, y'all pray for sister so-and-so to be healed. And you know they don't really have any intention of, that that's, you know what I'm saying? It's just, they're just saying it. They're not, there's not really an understanding or a true believing for it. Amen. And they're not doing anything to help sister and so-and-so get in faith so that sister so-and-so can get healed. And you know what I'm saying. You never get anything apart from the divine promises. So many people are waiting on God to do something and they don't really know the divine promises. Amen. But as you know the divine promises, then you will have those things that are in the... He said that by the divine promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's also through the promises that you're going to escape the bad things that are in the world. It's only through the promises that you're going to escape the bad things in the world. If you're just hoping God will watch over you and you're praying, Oh God, go with us. Oh God, watch over us. You are a big candidate for a car wreck for destruction. Why? Because you're not approaching him based on the promises. You're not approaching, you're just saying, oh, God bless us. Oh, God help us. Oh, God watch over us. And there's God's hands are tied. It's not that he doesn't like your prayer. His hands are tied. He only releases through the promises. The devil only gives up by the promises because you know the word and you're standing on the promises. Hallelujah. God can, and that's why Psalm 91 said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress. God's, God's able to protect you because of what you're saying. If you say, He's my refuge, He's my fortress, He is what protecting to me today. I'm under the blood. Oh, I hope I don't have a car wreck. Well, you might. You might. But if you say, I'm under the blood, I'm under, I, 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 my steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm, uh, God's my refuge and my fortress. Only with my eyes shall I behold and receive the reward of the wicked. The angels have charge over me. They're keeping me in all my ways. I'll not even dash my foot against a stone. And I'm going to tell you something, family. When you're praying like that and then you dash your foot against the stone, if you do trip, I guarantee you, you won't be seriously hurt. But I have actually tripped before and said how'd that happen let me tell you something family find out how it happened find out where find out what you said where the doors open find out and close the door amen i mean one time we was coming down the stairs in trustful to go to church and we had a two-story we came down the stairs and the suburban was parked in here and i turned to go out that door and caught the toe of my shoe on the top step and fell out the door and if the, I know an angel was watching over me because if I hadn't fell crooked, if I'd have fell straight, I'd have hit my head on the Suburban. But I fell sideways. So I know there was an angel there, but I am like, it, it still hurt like everything. And I'm like, how in the world did that happen? Find out. Find out. Because you're not even supposed to be able to drip. You're not. Find out. Did you have a fender bender? Find out why. Maybe you just kind of let go lax in some of your confession. Hallelujah. It's not like what confess it once and it'll work from now to eternity. It's kind of like a multivitamin. 
You can't take one today and expect it to be working a month from now, folks. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Woo. Uh, one, I, I was interviewing the Holy Spirit, and I said, you have any comments on this one, Lord? Not that all of these comments aren't his. I trust they are, because I prepared this lesson under the anointing. But uh, he said, uh, you need to understand the full plan. He said, you know, if you don't have the full plan, you just have part of the plan, you can get messed up and you can do without. Got to have the full plan. Sometimes we just, it's like having half a map. Or hearing half a phone conversation. You know, how, how, how good do you do when you just hear every other word in a phone conversation? You ever had one of them cell phones? It was cutting out and you're like, it, 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 it. I don't do too good with that, do y'all? Hallelujah. <laughs> they have advertisements about that, that you get a certain different kind of phone and you don't have that problem. But I found that they all do it at some point or another. But uh, anyway, it, we got to have a full plan. we got to have understanding of the full plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, we're getting, we're getting more understanding every day. That's why, that's why you just don't get caught up enough. You just can't ever get caught up on the Word and say, well, got enough now. You know, no, you'll, be, you'll need more understanding. It takes more now understanding to live in victory than it did in Leave It to Beaver days 1950. Doesn't it? Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Glory. Well, let's cover the rest of it another time, okay? How do y'all feel about that? Because my next one's about praying, and that could take a while. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody, their toes are so bruised that they want prayer. They're, they, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just the facts, family. Just the facts. Just the truth. You wouldn't want us to tell you. You know, the Bible talks about prophets that say, oh, it's okay, everything's okay, when everything's not really okay. Well, it's not okay if we're not doing the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. And not, we don't live under condemnation about what we're doing, but we just are diligent. We just we do what we know to do. We walk in the light we have. That's it. If you'll walk in the light you have right now, hallelujah, praise God, you'll be led of the Spirit. You'll be right. You'll be right. Amen. And don't, you can't, you can't talk your, you can't justify in your mind. You can't say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, I, yeah, but, but, and, you know, but, uh, and you, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get messed up in the spirit, won't you? You just got to, you, you know, you got to do what's right. Katie, bar the door. Aim. Huh? Okay, Karen's going to come up and testify. and just walking in what you know I was just really got on a new wavelength lately where God was just telling me just sow it you know if you really believe my word if you really believe that I'm going to supply your need prove it you know what I mean you know pretty much in a rough way so I said okay God I'm taking it up to a new level and for me you know I started sowing a certain amount each service you know if I wasn't paying my tithes then I would start sowing a certain amount and it was it seems small, you know, just looking at it to the, through the natural eye, but to me, to sow that same amount every single time, you know, and get paid once a month to the natural eye is stupid. I mean, it was just like, okay, this doesn't make sense, you know. But I just said, God, I trust you, you know, and if you said that you supply seed to the sower, you know, you're going to have to sow it. Well, it got, 
access through through not using wisdom. Got hooked up with Comcast through um, draft, and I've just been going through so much with them, you know. And I paid with the check, and they the system they changed systems and rebooted the system. So I paid with the check, and they deducted it anyway from my account, same amount. So, you know, instead of paying 60, it came out 120. You know, I'm like, oh, God, you know, because I'm sewing here, and I only had, like, $15 in my account. You know, now they're taking six, and I was like, okay, God, you know. But, you know, that situation took care of itself. I got it straightened out, you know, and I had to repent of that and keep on going with life, you know. But I had gone down to it was nothing. I mean, you can count it probably on my two hands, but I had gone down to my checking account, and I just kept sewing the same thing. You know, I was on my way home from work, and I said, God, look. You know, I'm just talking to him. I said, look. You know, I said, you are bound to bless me. You know, I said, by your word, you said that if I sow my seed, you know, that you'll give seed to the soul. I said, I got to have some seed for Wednesday. It was Monday. You know, I had sold my last $25 in church on Sunday night. I said, look, you know, you're bound by your word. You said you give seed to the soul. I got to have seed, God. Get it to me. You know, and I just said, get it to me. I'm not going to worry about it. But it's Wednesday night. I better have seed in my hand. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling me that I got to have some seed. I got to sow. I refuse to get up there and not have seed to sow. You know, and so. That was that. Went on, went on about my business. Didn't think anything about it. Got up the next morning and said, God, I thank you for seed. I thank you that I have seed to sow. I'm prosperous. I got money in my hand, prosperity. I'm just confessing. I'm not worrying about it. You know, I checked my checking account, and there was my state return. They said it was going to take six weeks. It was in my account, you know, and it was over $200. You know, and so, you know, God gives seed to the sore. He does. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, this is a time when God is having all of us press in with seed. I've noticed that myself. You know, I didn't know Pastor was going to take a special offering last Wednesday night. And, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, what you normally give, double it in the regular offering. And so I did, and then he turned around and took another one, and I'm like. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay. And then the Lord told me to, to give triple what I'd given in the first offering. And I'm like, Lord. But, you know, when, we, when he has us sowing, that means there's harvest right around the corner. Amen. Hallelujah. And everywhere I've gone, he's just been having me sow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. The man's harvest.